IT teachers are educators who share their knowledge of integrating technology into the classroom. With nearly 30 years of combined service in the teaching trenches, Alicia and Haley tell it how it is and keep you up to date with the latest trends, what works, and how to find the most success with specific technology in the classroom. They're not just talking heads. Alicia and Haley are in their schools every day and want to help you put the A in tech. Welcome to the IT Teachers Podcast, where we put the A in tech. I'm Alicia. And I'm Haley. We are excited to introduce our guest, Christy, who has nearly two decades of experience teaching in the English classroom, both middle and high school. Christy went back to school to earn a second master's in special education focusing on emotional and behavioral disorders. Christy works within an alternative high school currently. Welcome, Christy. It's so nice to have you with us today. Thanks. It's great to be here. So you originally started off as an English teacher, and now you are doing something quite different. What motivated you to go back and kind of change your track here? When I was in the English classroom, I ended up becoming a team leader. And through that, I had a lot of interactions with the students on the team and had to handle a lot of disciplinary issues. So when students would act up in the classroom or were having a bad day, instead of getting sent down to the principal's office, they got sent to me as sort of like a first step. Um, And working with the kids in that capacity made me very interested in pursuing a degree to work with them as my full-time job. That's awesome. We're always looking for ways to, you know, get better at our own interventions within our classroom, but you're able to take it that next step and that's so great. So we're going to be asking you a ton of stuff today to get all of your information out of your head. Okay. Um, Do the best I can. We're really excited to have you with us. Yeah, and I think especially now, the emotional and behavioral um, issues that we have, I mean, the strategies that you have, the experience that you've you've had, um, we're interested to kind of tap into that and see what your secret is. Yeah. So we're going to try to streamline our conversation because it could probably go on for days. Um, I think what everybody probably wants to know is... What do you think the number one most important step is that we as educators can take to create an educational environment that works for all students? So that is like the number one epic question of all time. (laughs) And I think that the answer is probably going to shock you a little bit because it's pretty simple, but it really goes back to building relationships with kids. And I think if I can expand on that a little bit, I feel like when gen ed teachers hear that building relationships, we go, we default to like the high five when the kids are coming in the room or the mm-hmm. greeting at the door right, right. or asking kids how their weekend was. But when you're working with kids with emotional and behavioral disorders, kids who have some trauma, kids who suffer from anxiety, you have to take that a step further. And it's really about getting to know them at times when they probably don't seem as friendly as you would hope. So it's like if you see them struggling or having a tough time, yes, maybe you let them leave the room to go to an alternative space, but then you follow up with the student. So you sort of take the initiative to go seek them out and have sit down and like have a conversation and be like, hey, I know that in class today you were you know, struggling a little bit, you know, what was going on? How can I help you feel a little more comfortable in my class? And I do think that those teachers who go that extra mile Um, end up building a really solid relationship with their kids and that's where the trust starts to build yeah well when we were talking earlier you had said something you know 
like how do you show kids that you care at the ugliest times you know mm-hmm. and and you you go that extra mile by tracking them down or by you know checking in with them remembering certain things about them you know so um it yeah yeah and i think that um a great reference would be when i was doing my master's degree i like gravitated towards this one guy, Dr. Ross Green, Mm -hmm. and he has the philosophy, it's called CPS or collaborative problem solving. Mm -hmm. And like without getting all into it, basically you have a conversation with a kid that's not really centered on their behavior, but centered around like, what's the problem? What's the underlying problem? Like you notice, for example, like, because you teach English, right, mm-hmm. Alicia? Right. So a kid shuts down every time you put an essay in front of them. Mm-hmm. So instead of like talking to that kid one-on-one and saying, so I noticed that you shut down every time I put an essay in front of <laughs> what's you. What's the deal? You know, what's your problem? Yeah. You might say something like, hey, I noticed that whenever we go to do a writing assignment, you kind of aren't the same. You don't have the same energy that you have any other time. So what's going on? Is there something that I could be doing to help you better? Mm -hmm. And then you open that door to let the kid have a Mm say-so in what's going on. And then you end up having this back and forth dialogue with the student instead of the on the end all be all Mm -hmm. in the room. And like, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I think that especially for kids with EBD, um, that goes a really long way because you're seeing them as a as an individual. Oh wow! So that's interesting. So that's that was Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross Green. Okay. Um, he has a great book um, that I would recommend, Lost at School. Okay. It's really fascinating to read. We'll jot that down in the notes for um for our listeners. Yes, and we'll have all this good information. Yeah, you're throwing out a lot of acronyms, so we're gonna we'll decode everything in our podcast write up. And something that I'm kind of sensing too is you're listening to the kids. You're listening, less talking, more listening mm-hmm. to what they have to say and trying yeah. to get that out of them. Yeah, you have to listen because it, even their like their body language cues, right? When we listen, we don't just listen to what they say because a lot of our kids with these struggles they don't always give the best answer, but you might notice in their body language, their, the way that they are, you know, rolling their eyes and things. So, so pay attention to body language, I think is, is something important. So I think that another thing that you're going to want to do is you have to understand that when you go into these conversations with kids, that every kid is different. And just because, you know, one kid has anxiety, it doesn't, you know, look the same as another kid who has anxiety. So really dropping any preconceived notions that you have about what that is, what it looks like, what strategy may have worked in the past, like getting to know that kid where they are Mm -hmm. is really what I think goes the extra mile. So yeah, I think it's easy for teachers to say, oh, he's like, he's like this student I had five years ago, just like that person, you know, and they look alike too, you know, or something like that. So (laughs) You know, the, the the idea that there's a mold and that all these kids fit into yeah. these different molds. Yeah, like you know? here's here's a perfect example, right? I have I have a student this year who loves positive praise in front of people and eats that up. I have another student who, if you do that, they come down to my door and I'm like, you know, this teacher just totally embarrassed me in front of the whole class. And, and I say like, oh, well, what happened? And they tell me that the teacher like gave them a compliment and held up their work. And it's like, <laughs> and, and that was not okay yeah, yeah. for this particular right. student. Whereas oh. teachers might think that, that that's a great thing. Like I'm showing off your work. I'm proud of you. But out loud in front of everybody that, that becomes like a major trigger for some of the kids. Wow. So how could a gen ed teacher know not to do that before they 
like how can we as general education teachers not put ourselves in that position or the students in that position? Mm -hmm. So again, here's what I would say. So a couple of things. One, you can have a conversation if the student has a case manager before school starts, seek Mm -hmm. that person out. I love when teachers come to my door before school starts and say, you know, before the year starts, hey, I have so-and-so on my, in my class this year. What do you know about this person? What can you fill me in? A lot of times your special ed teachers, guidance counselors are going to have that information for you. But another thing is like, you're not perfect. I wasn't perfect as a gen ed teacher either. I made mistakes, but that's where that seeking out the kid comes in. Like if that kid walks out of your room and you have no idea what set that kid off, go and find the kid during a, a a break that you have and say, hey, I noticed that you walked out of my class. You know, did I say something that that offended you? I'd like to know so that I don't make that mistake again. Right. Can you let me know what went on? And the kid will probably tell you, I hate when you like call me out and stuff and and then you know and then you won't make that mistake again. And you could say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. So I think that's great advice. And now that you're saying these things and we're putting, you know, we're kind of putting a language together here, I'm I'm thinking how building relationships can go beyond just the teacher to the student or the student to the teacher. And it can, you know, if we have strong relationships among any of the support staff, you're saying guidance counselors or case managers, students and parents, I think, I mean, that's a great way to make students feel welcome in our classrooms and we can really build that trust and make sure we're not doing anything that's going to break down our our relationships. Yeah, and you want to know who else you want to get really good. On their <laughs> yeah, good tell time. us, tell okay. us. The paraprofessionals yeah, in your room, okay. our paras who are assigned to like our alternative program know our kids so, so well. Mm-hmm. They know when the kid's getting fired up. They know yeah. when what to do to calm the kid down, what coping strategy. So if you just talk to the para even in the room you'll and build that relationship with them, you'd be surprised at how far that'll go. Well, that makes total sense because the students go from class to class, but those paras are going with those oh, kids with from them. class to class. They so get that them. lens. Yeah. They know like, oh, math is not great for them, but they yep. love, you know, literature or whatever. So yeah, that's very good advice. That's such great advice about building relationships. And sometimes teachers are, they don't want to do the restorative practices and they don't want to do the sentimental icebreaker things in the beginning of the year and all that stuff. But it really is important. And I think you were saying, just building that rapport with your students. It's not just doing those one-off. I had them fill out a questionnaire, yeah. so we built a relationship. It's way more, and and it encompasses a lot more than than just one or two times of you know you asking them a few questions. But now, what we all want to know is, what do you do when you have a student with whom you believe you have a great relationship, but they have a meltdown, mm-hmm. and you just you know you feel defeated and. You, you know, maybe you saw them earlier that day and you got a high five and they were doing great and you, you know, you're like, see you next period. And then they get to you and they just are completely shut down or they want to leave the room or they flip out and then leave the room. Mm-hmm. What should we do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Help. <laughs> so again, I'm going to direct you back to if you have, a, if that student is working with any sort of case manager. If the student has a behavior intervention plan, following that to the best of your ability. I think a lot of times teachers look at those once and then they're like, oh yeah, I get it. And then like they don't come back to it when it's crucial, like what you're saying. And so we might do something like by totally by accident that's actually making the problem 
bigger. So always make sure that you know like what your responsibility is in the behavior intervention plan. The other thing is, so if you had a kid, I'll, I guess I'll talk to that example in particular. Like you saw the kid at the beginning of the day, the kid was great. And then you see the kid and the kid is is falling apart at the seams. So maybe that student definitely needs a break in their alternative setting. So allow them to take space, follow up with a conversation. Conversations are like number one, um, direct that student to guidance. If you're in the middle of teaching, like let that student have their space. Remain calm. Don't let your frustrations, like if that student is just like being combative, like you need to remain calm and you need to give choices and wait time. So it's, you know, you can stay here, but if you stay here, I need you to be respectful or you can go down to see, you know, Mr. Mrs. whomever right now and no questions asked. Like I'll give you a pass, you can go down. Those are your two choices. I'm going to walk away and give you some a minute to, to think about your choice and then we'll come back to it. And even with high school kids, like you need to give the wait time because a lot of these kids like can't process what's yeah. even going on. Right. So you got to give them a second. I see a lot of the problems I encounter are with my kids when I'm like on hall duty or something and there'll be another teacher who doesn't really know them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do this, do that. Why aren't you, where are you supposed to go? And then they just lose it lose because it. they don't have that relationship. And even if I'm sitting there right there and I say, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I think sometimes as, you know, whether it's the security guard or a cafeteria, somebody who just doesn't have interactions with these kids all the time, every day, they, they see it as like, um, like a respect thing, like yes. a lack of respect. Yes. Like they don't, they didn't respect me or you have to respect me. And, yep. uh, it, it's not good. So that's a lot of times what I see are my kids get kind of like ticked off yeah. Because somebody else they said kind of like pushes their buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's a whole mindset shift for like the right. adults, right? We're the adults. So we can sort of, we have more insight into what's going on. So instead of like attacking the kid, maybe ask them. But again, that's like a whole yeah. another thing. And that, that takes a lot for, for somebody to kind of to change like their philosophy on how they talk to kids. But it, but it does, it, it will work. That remaining calm thing is so important yes. because really yeah. there's nothing that these these students are doing that's like that wild that yeah. you can't just give them a second to chill. Yeah. I mean, and I even have to, I have to check myself. I work with these kids all the time, but but there will be times when, and I have built the trust <laughs> and they are, you know, saying something and it's like, I can feel it. I yep. feel my own body getting real hot and I yeah. want to come down with, well, I'm the teacher and right. you're the kid. So yep. this is why you have to do this. And then I take a breath yeah. and I'm like, I, I take a breath myself for a few <laughs> seconds, literally until I'm like, you have to just remain calm. And then it's okay. Here are your two choices. I work with high school kids and I feel like I have two little kids at home and I'm giving them choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or yeah. if you do this, then this happens. Yeah. That Those if thens statements so that they know what's coming and never ever ever be fake so remain calm and be genuine because they can That's see through your yes, fakeness they, they, can yeah. see through, they know your they know everything before you know it. oh yes. they know what if i have mascara on or makeup <laughs> miss you you did your hair today yeah a couple of things that i know as a as a high school teacher i struggle with um i struggle with phones and then their devices when mm. i can't see their laptops so we had talked about go guardian actually on our last episode um and how you can you know uh, sort of 
monitor students and what their what websites they're on and whatnot. But then there's also the phones. And no matter how many times I walk over to the desk and ask them to put it down, it just is in front of them. Technology, is that it? Technology for the 21st century. The IT teachers are educators who want to share their knowledge of integrating technology in the 21st century. Visit our website at www.theitteachers.com and join our PLN or sign up to be a guest on our show. We hope to hear from you. If you remember, I had just mentioned that some kids like, you know, out loud and can vocalize what they want. Other kids would rather it be quiet. So I always turn the Go Guardian chat on for Mm -hmm. the kids who might want to be saying something to me and don't want the entire, you know, room to know that they that they need something. So I turn that on and they can chat with me. But getting to the phones. So I had a PD at the beginning of the year with our behavior um, interventionist, our BCBA in our in our district. And it was a long PD. And he stuck to the, I will give you guys a phone break every 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and every 25 minutes his timer went off and we got a five minute break and when I tell you that that helped me to focus on what he was saying because I knew that I was getting a break in five minutes I didn't feel tempted to be on my as an adult I Mm -hmm. didn't feel tempted to pull it out and so I use that in my class I teach a a math class to a self-contained room and every 20 minutes my timer goes off and the kids know they can pull out their phones and it has made a huge difference in them being on their phone when I when I'm trying to give them instruction or when they're working independently it's made a huge difference with their engagement level because they know that like okay I just have to focus for these 20 minutes and then I get my my break and it also is a a huge way to gain kids respect right building trust and respect like you're showing them, I know that the phone means something to you. Right, I'm right. not going to get you for it, but you have to meet me in the middle. Right. So you, you know, give me 25, 20, 25 minutes of your time. You get a break for that. Yeah. And After what about, that. we have 45 minute class periods. Mm-hmm. So you might even want to do, I don't know what seems right, like 15 minutes. I think every cl- class is different, like in mm-hmm. language arts 15. or English. Yeah. Like if you had like a 15 minute mini lesson, then a break before you start your independent work. Right. Right. That's interesting. I never even thought of that. It worked. Did you? I, we have, we have 84 minute blocks and one of our rotating blocks is 115 minutes. Um, so we do give those phone breaks. It's not like mandatory, but it was one of the intervention like suggestions that we can yeah. do for students it, because it is a long time. And we had these long periods with COVID where the kids had to sit forward with their masks on. We oh couldn't take them yeah. anywhere. They had, to, you know, there was like no socialization or group work and they were, you know, so those phone breaks were like key for them to just have a mental break. We called them like brain breaks or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the kids just play snake on their computer. Yeah. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. they don't have to go on their phone. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have, I teach like the higher level, um, high school kids. So I have juniors and seniors and I just, I tell them like, you got jobs, you got people you're taking care of, you got siblings mm-hmm. to get off the bus. If you need to take your phone call, take it out in the hallway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you yeah. got a job after, I mean, they have, they're 
bosses right. are calling yeah. them and texting them and can you take this shift and that's how it is yeah. so right well right. and i bet you have great relationships with your students oh, well and you probably get a lot of productivity out <laughs> yeah. of them yeah i well i don't know about that but it's <laughs> she not squeezes every I, you know I, it's never it's very infrequently a battle about the phone because yeah there's really no battle to be had i mean you're there's sitting not. in a classroom that's where you are yeah you they know what the idea is we're supposed to be getting the english work done and if you're not doing it yeah. you know well, look how many I mean, times that we look at our phones. Mm -hmm. I mean, as adults, right, when we're sitting in faculty meetings, mm -hmm. yeah. we pull out our phone. It's not mm -hmm. what we want to be doing. So if you know, like, okay, I know that in 20 minutes that little timer is going to go off and I get a break, yeah. it makes it a little more bearable. Makes total sense. That's a great idea. You know, a lot of this, all of these ideas and a lot of the suggestions that you have would almost make like a great teacher handout in this yes. information. Yeah. Right, and this this information could lend itself really to, to some great graphics. Um, I'm thinking like first first year teachers or teachers to keep in their red folders for substitutes, like great strategies. And also what is awesome is that you're offering great actions for us to take as educators as a way to prevent some unwanted behaviors. For instance, you know, building in free time so that the students know that they'll have an outlet. It's a great way to give um, you know, the students some freedom and hopefully it'll lessen those situations where students are sneakily on their phone. <laughs> um, you know, and then you can ask them to put it away. They deny it. It becomes escalated to confrontation and then everyone loses, you know. So right. these strategies are really great. Yeah. Um, and, and like you just said, Alicia, that idea of putting this in a substitute folder, that maybe would alleviate some of the stuff that I was talking about with people who aren't necessarily familiar, familiar with the students. The so like remain calm, yeah. you know, take two seconds. Are the yeah. kids doing something they shouldn't be? Take a second, you know, yeah. and that might be really helpful. Yeah. Now we are the IT teachers and so we're dying to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Christy, what tech do you use currently in your day to day? What are some of the, you know, the go-tos that you use, uh, you know, to keep your students on track or whatever the case may be in your in your um, particular situation? Sure. So as a high school teacher um, with the program that I'm in, we help our kids transition to um, post-secondary, whether that's college or it's job. Um, we do all of that using some online resources that are great. Um, me and my co-partner have a, um, a project that the kids, all the kids complete when they are juniors and then they revisit it again when they're seniors. Um, and it's just kind of like all about them, what they want to, to do after high school and like, are they on track to meet those goals? And so we use Google Slides for that. They, they, it's a little template that we have and they fill it out. But some things that we have inside of the template for kids to click on are if you go to ONET online, there are some interest surveys that the kids take and it matches at the end their interest to some job fields and then they click through and they click the easy read button and they can see what skills they need, what education level they would have to have in order to get that job, um, what the pay is like, what the projection of that job would be um, in the future. And um, the kids really like it because it helps them put things into like perspective. Right, right. Maybe I could go on that too. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Is that, a, is that free? Yes. Oh, wonderful. All of these sources are free. Education Planner has a bunch of them too. 
um, they can search their particular, a lot of kids know what they want to do or they have an idea, but this opens their eyes to like, oh, I'm really good at that. I never thought of this career. Yeah. And then you can have a conversation with them about like what these different career opportunities might be. That's great. We'll put the, we'll put the yes, links in our, we'll put these in, in our write-up as well. And then of course, <laughs> I can't be a special ed teacher without data collection. Uh-uh. Oh, data. Yeah. The data. The queen of data collection. Oh, the data yes. in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. All right, so what do you use for your data collection? We try to keep it simple, right? So Google Forms, all the Google Suite has been really, really helpful. So Google Forms are good for check-in, check-out data for kids. I also set up some Google Forms for gen ed teachers to give feedback. So if I'm tracking something and I want their feedback, like how many late assignments they turned in or were they on time to class, I'll set that up and then the gen ed teachers can give feedback. That's awesome because sometimes we just get like an email about, can you give us an update on so-and-so? And Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, really, what do you want to know? Exactly what would you like me? to know so having a google a google form would be awesome yep helps to streamline it and then when we go through as a special ed teacher to prepare for their you know their progress monitoring and then their their ppts and all that like the data is all right there and a nice pretty little graph yeah, that's great at the end of it so the purpose that's a great idea so you would be using these to like like increase positive behavior what? increase positive behavior we always put the focus on increasing positive behavior mm-hmm. yeah and then, um, so um, I'll also use Google Docs or Google Sheets to collect data. For example, if I am trying to track the frequency of a behavior, like how many times Gino speaks out of turn or how many times Lorenzo takes out his phone, okay. then I might tally that, have my para tally that, okay. have the Jenna teacher tally that. If I want to know how long a behavior is lasting, okay. lasting, how long did Liza stand task today, if I'm trying to build that up. Um, okay. And then we also have these great um, smart goal forms um, to so that we can kind of like sit with the kids, see what their what their daily goal is, what their weekly goal is, what their monthly goal, you know. And then we give that constant feedback. So that's something that the kids have learned to use that has been really helpful. Um, And then some kids, when they're ready, um, we have little checklists that they create with us and that they keep with them to sort of self monitor. Um, That's great. Yeah, so they know, you know, how they're how they're doing in in classes. Yeah, that's awesome. I I, I think it's really neat when you know you the the kids can see the graph of like all yeah. of your teachers are saying this at the end of a Google form and it aggregates all that data. Then you know that's pretty powerful for them to see it. You know, in yeah. a, a like the. Like a graphic, yeah, a visual. Well, oh, for visual. Them. Yes. So yeah. I had a, a a girl at the beginning of the year who went to class literally like ten percent was her graph, and I sat with her and I said, so <laughs> out of all of the minutes of the day, <laughs> you go, went to class for ten percent of your time. Do you see oh. in the big pie chart what that looks right. like? Yeah. You know, like what do you think would be a logical next step? And so we took baby steps, and now this student is in class over 70% wow. of the time. Oh, wow. And she can see on the graph yeah, that so she awesome. did that, you know, that yeah. we put things in place that make yeah. her feel comfortable going out to classes. And with that, her grades have gone up. So then I have to connect that to the grades. Like, yeah. you're in Good classes job. more. And so you're in yes, woohoo! <laughs> um, and that's something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. it, is. it and is. And it's awesome because it doesn't take any more effort from us. No. We just have to 
push that button. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you're doing all the front end work, you know, making sure you're thinking of all the things that you want to, you know, to track. Yep. But then Google just yeah. magically uh, makes those graphs for us. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, well. and start small because it is data is so overwhelming, especially gen ed teachers. Like we have a lot going on, so even if it's just one thing at a time. All right, Christy. So that sounds great. And so many of the things that you're talking about are free. Um, you talked about. I don't think we mentioned it when we were on air, but you told Alicia and I about how if your students are in another classroom and they feel like they need to get out or they need to come talk to you, they're using the chat feature in that pops up in, in, in the Gmail suite there. Um, so that's free and is an awesome way for you to communicate with students without them interrupting their class or your class. You talked about using the Go Guardian chat feature, which again is wonderful for students who are feeling a little bit anxious and they want to let you know something and they don't necessarily want the whole world to know. Um, you talked about using some of the free resources, which we will link in our podcast to help students with their transitioning goals and planning like their next steps after high school. And you talked about really the great ways that you're tracking data um, using the, the G Suite and how awesome of tools those are because of the ease of use and the way that students can see their progress visually if need be um and what's also really awesome about that is again not only are they free but almost everybody knows how to use those so you're not asking the gen ed teacher to do something super complicated but it has a big payoff um is there anything else that you can let us know about i was thinking maybe something about students who are dealing with some mental health things or they just want a little bit more support than um we might be able to give them in our classrooms is there any tool any tool that we can maybe suggest to help support them yeah so one of my students actually introduced this tool to me it's an app there's a free version and a paid version it's called finch um i think it would work for particular students who buy into it but it's it's basically this little like avatar bird and like um, finch. oh finch oh. yeah <laughs> how Come ironic on. um so the the finch gets um you can have little costumes for it or whatever. You you basically take care of the bird based on your mental health. So, oh. But build aside from that, what my student particularly likes is all the journaling space that there is. There's goal-setting space oh. in the app. Oh, wow. Um, and then if you hit your goal, that's what gets you the rewards in order to, to boost up your the, this little avatar thing. So I would say like that would be a great option for middle school kids. This student in particular is a freshman, and so you know, that might be helpful. And that's all free too? Yes, there is a free version and there is a paid version if you want more of the, um, like the features of the app. Another thing that's free that a lot of kids use um, is a simple timer because when they take their breaks, they need Ah. to remember Mm -hmm. um, how long they're out for. So awesome. Tell them to set their timer. Great. Sometimes the simplest things. Yeah. Yep. Now I know Haley, you know, you summed up the tech uh, piece, but you know, Christy talked about building relationships. She, she talked about getting down to the basics of what what it is to be a teacher and a student and have that relationship. And I want to just you know mention to our listeners how important it is for teachers to 
well, not how important it is, but rather what we need to celebrate our teachers and how much effort and how much work and how much blood, sweat, and tears goes into this profession every single day, especially given uh, what we've been going through over the past year and a half through the pandemic, working remotely, learning technology, um, you know, and, and, and rolling with a lot of the new SEL, social emotional learning that we have had to, to, in order to fit the needs for our students and, and meet the needs of our students. So I just want to say thank you to you for all that you do on a daily basis to help these students emotionally as people to motivate them. And also I'm sure your staff loves you and I'm sure, you know, yeah, you are, that. we'll take you with us yeah. if you want to come on down. Can you transfer? <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's, it's the teachers that, that make, the classroom and you know you can have all the tech in the world but it all comes down to the teacher and we really really appreciate all that you do for your students and for education in general you're an awesome support and you need to be celebrated oh thank you it's been great this you know this resource that you guys put out is awesome so thank you yeah. All right. Thanks, Christy. Nice to meet you. You as well. well you better come back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come back soon. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the IT Teachers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.theitteachers.com to find support for your classroom. There, you can send us a message and join our PLN. We'd love to have you on our team. This episode is produced by the IT Teachers. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast player. Our theme song is by Infraction.